even though he's going to miss all of the upcoming year, I'm going to tell you why the Royals made the right move in going after Kyle Wright next on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Of course, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. And we're now live on Instagram and TikTok. Follow us there at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Very easy to find us over there. It's also very easy to find us on wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. And on YouTube, just be sure to hit that follow button and subscribe. We're so close to 600 subscribers, and that is going to be our goal for opening day 2024. A little bit more of a background on myself. This year, if you are a first-time listener or you're sending this over to a friend, I work here in Kansas City at Sports Radio 810 WHB. I've got a show once a week over there. I also have a show Monday through Friday on ESPN Kansas City, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. So you ever want to get my thoughts? on things that may not always pertain to the Royals or baseball, you can check me out over there. Again, very easy to find as well. When you come and click on this podcast link, you know that you are getting 30 straight minutes of Royals baseball, whether they're in season or they're out of season. And we hope to bring you the best possible content on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. There's lots of things to bet on right now. College basketball, NBA, college football, NFL, Big one tonight here in Kansas City between the Chiefs and the Eagles. So after this podcast, why don't you run over and download FanDuel and start placing your bets today because there's no better app to use than FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. And even though we're in the offseason and there may not always be the most content to go over, you always can be very fortunate as someone who covers the team, talks about the team, when you get blessed with a transaction. No matter how big or small, it is something to talk about. But I am almost happy that I can use about two episodes dedicated to some of the moves the Royals made last week. Now, one that is going to help them in 2024 was going out and getting Nick Anderson from Atlanta. That's going to help their bullpen depth. If he stays healthy, you might have your best bullpen arm. And that says maybe more so about the state of the Royals bullpen than anything. But we would know that significantly helps their group compared to where they were last year. The move that's not going to help them in 2024, but may very well benefit them in 2025, was getting Kyle Wright. And we discussed Kyle Wright a little bit on Friday, that Mailbag Friday segment, of a guy that led the league in wins. He had 21 back in 2022, had 180 innings thrown. He was somebody that was a key cog in the Braves rotation and and a Braves team that was a buzzsaw. And maybe it was him racking up all those wins looking good because his offense was great and he was pitching in a rotation with a lot of other great arms. But again, winning 21 games is hard to do in general. You don't just walk into winning 21 games. That would be an incredible feat if he was ever to do that again at the big league level. And he joined a very small company of guys that have won 20 big league games twice in their career, especially in the modern era. But what I loved about this move is it sort of sparked something. It told me something about the Royals and their plans. Kyle Wright 
is not in any way, shape, or form going to be a contributor in 2024. He's going to miss the entire year. You hope he goes through a great rehab program. You hope surgically everything is sound and physically okay. He passes all physicals. And you hope by spring training 2025, you have a guy that can be in your rotation and pitch well. The outlier about a guy like Kyle Wright is he really only has one good big league career. It's a very good big league career or a big league season, excuse me, not a big league career. But overall, this is a guy that for what you gave up in Jackson Coar, who shattered records of having one of the highest ERAs in baseball history and a minimum amount of innings. Like, this was a very good move. But it told me something, that this was the type of move you make when you are really starting to eye when you're going to compete. There is a substantial difference in hoping you make the postseason and expecting to make the postseason. I do not think the Royals, with what their plan is this offseason, are going into 2024 saying, we're making it this year. You want players to buy in? and expect to make the postseason, expect to play well. But I think as the front office, they're looking at this and saying, hey, if things go right, if things fall in our favor and the young guys we put faith in actually come through, then maybe we are a playoff team. With a couple more pieces here and there, maybe it's possible. Or you compete for three to four months in the season rather than just a couple weeks of the season. Maybe that is the, the talk in the clubhouse. But I would say a move like this is more so saying, hey, we're stockpiling a guy for 2025. And no, we're not expecting Kyle Wright to be an ace. But when you make a move like that, there's something in the water of, we have some form of expectation in 2025. We expect to be a better team by that point. And we expect after a successful 2024 that we're ready to go in 2025. We're not going to hope and pray that things go well. We're going to make things go well in 2025. Now, maybe, just maybe, I am buying in too much to a move like this, okay? But I really believe when you make something like this, you are kind of dwindling down your window. And not in a bad way. I mean, you want J.J. Bacola and John Sherman to be honest, right? You don't want them to BS you through every single press conference and, and say, well, you know, we have a really competitive bunch that we believe in. Of course, that's that's word fodder to me. That, that doesn't mean much. You should believe in these guys. But the moves you make speak louder. Okay, the, the actions speak louder than words saying. I think it very much fits the Royals. This move they made with Kyle Wright tells me there's something you're hoping for in 2025. You're not banking on Kyle Wright being an ace in 2025. But if he's healthy and if he's good to go, think of it in the way that they use Chris Medlin. Now, the 2025 Royals probably are not going to be the 2015 Royals. But they made that move because they were starting to believe in the process. They made that move because, hey, we don't need to worry about him in 2024. We're going to get by without you. But if we can be ready to go by 2025, you're a huge boost. For what we got you as. You're going to be 29 years old by opening day 2025. Two years of control. That fits your window a little bit. And I almost wonder with a lot of these guys this offseason. That are going to miss the entire year or a chunk of it. The Royals may be a little bit more aggressive. Like Brandon Woodruff is the name right now in free agency. Brandon Woodruff isn't going to pitch this year. You know and you look at a guy like that. And you know the market's going to drop a little bit. And he's still going to be worth a lot of money. Somebody could jump the gun on that, and he's going to be more of a discount because 
you're not paying for what he's going to be in 2024. You're paying for what he's going to be in 2025. And that's interesting to me. This move the Royals made was the absolute right move. And for those that are alarmed or scared about Jackson Coar going and succeeding, if he does, good for him. There was never going to be a spot guaranteed for Jackson Coar in 2024. And in fact, if there was, that means the Royals did not improve their bullpen whatsoever. This was the guy you wanted to give up. And here's the thing. If Jackson Coar wasn't traded, he was getting non-tender. That's the reality here. That, that, there was no other way around this. He was out of options. Okay, so if it wasn't going to be a trade, Jackson Carr was not going to be in Kansas City's bullpen by March. There was just no way it was going to happen. So you got somebody. You can stockpile and hope it works out. Now, on the flip side, we discussed this a little bit on Friday. If it goes wrong, okay, and Kyle Wright never throws a pitch for Kansas City, it's still the move I support. It is because the Royals are trying to shoot for this type of window. I think best case scenario, I think we all hope, the Royals make the postseason in 2024. You want them to make moves that makes them competitive and fun, and you don't lose 106 games. I think everybody wants that. But I think the biggest goal here is not just to make the postseason and be this one-hit wonder. You want sustainability. You want to start planning, being honest with yourself, where you are going to be at one year from now, two years from now. I think when the Royals had their postseason run, they never really worried about what it was going to look like in 16, 17, and 18. It was the now. How do we get better now? When you start looking to the future a little bit and being more creative and using your mind a little bit more, forward thinking, as they would call it, that puts you in better spots. It does not mean Kyle Wright's going to be an absolute stud again for the Royals. But when you start thinking ahead and you go, okay, we want this guy for this year. We can get him at a cheap price. This helps us out. That's something I can get on board with because that's putting a vision in place. You want to be by this point or you want to be this type of team at this point, at this point in time. All of those things get blended together and you start to create consistency here in Kansas City. And that's what I think everybody wants. You create consistency, you're going to get consistent support from the fan base. This was the right move. There is no downside to this move because I don't believe Jackson Coar is going to go and be in Atlanta's bullpen. They just gave Reynaldo Lopez $30 million over three years. I don't think they're saving a spot for Jackson Coar. He may be minor league depth. Who knows? And Kyle Wright may be good, maybe not. But these are the moves that I can get on board with because you're starting to have a vision just a little bit. All right, the next thing I want to dive into is another arm that is being talked about in trade discussions. But will he really be moved? That's Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays, who at one point in time was one of the best young starters in all of baseball. But after a disastrous last year, is this a guy the Royals could try and pounce on? We'll talk about next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. You can always follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. And we're live on Instagram and TikTok at locked underscore on underscore Royals for daily content about our podcast. Before we go any further, want to give a shout out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. And with it being crossover season, you want to get on the action right now. If you're you know, gearing up for Monday night football between the Chiefs and the Eagles, no better place to go to to start placing some bets on FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NFL. So score early. This NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options that include spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Lots of fun bets going on right now and lots of things you can throw money down on for the Monday night clash between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Of course, I'm already repping the Kansas City Chiefs because I'm also a big football fan, even though we talk about Royals 100% of the time on the Locked On Royals channel. Now, this is going to be something we bring up, I think, a lot throughout the offseason. Because trades are going to be coming here in a couple weeks, you know, after the MLB draft lottery, after the Rule 5 draft, after the winter meetings, you're going to see things start to ramp up a little bit. And there will be guys that become available. And one name that was tossed to me was Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa, at one point in time, we discussed this before the break, that he was one of the best young pitchers in all of baseball. Really bright future. You know, it had a big time workload. Really good numbers as rookie year, fantastic numbers in his second year, was in contention for the Cy Young. Wheels fell off last year. All right, wheels just absolutely collapsed. And now there's these rumblings of, well, the Blue Jays may move on from Alec Manoa. They may trade Alec Manoa. And of course, I'm getting the question, well, does that make sense for the Royals? Here's where I stand on it. Alec Manoa is somebody you would 100% of the time, 10 times over, take. There's just... No way around it. If you're the Royal spot, that is an exact player profile you would take on. And he's the perfect fit. Low expectation in Kansas City. Join a young rotation. You're not facing the AL East all the time. You're facing the American League Central, which is not very good offensively. It's a perfect fit. I know the schedule is a little bit different. You're not seeing teams 18, 19 times a year. But it would be a great place to reset. But here's the thing, too, and why it's going to be difficult to move on guys like these, why the Royals are probably not going to be in contention for this. The Royals will have a chance here in a year or two, I think, to really put themselves in good spots for players like this, because you're hoping at that point in time the farm system is built up enough. Because if you're the Toronto Blue Jays, you are not looking at a deal with Kansas City and saying, hey, we're done with Alec Manoa. Because here's the thing about Alec Manoa. He's still got four years of control. And in his three big league seasons, two have been very good. One has been bad. Okay, it was a really bad season and a weird one at that. They sent him home. He was in AAA at one point. I think he even said at one point, like rookie ball. It, it was a weird 2023 for Alec Manoa. But I just don't take one off year from a young pitcher and say, that's it. He's cooked. Let's move on from him. Now, Toronto... I think is going to be entering this offseason wanting to spend because they've now choked in back-to-back postseasons with a loaded group. They got a young, talented group, but I would say a loaded group that probably needs to have a little bit of a higher payroll. You know, you had Kevin Gossman. You spent a lot of money a few years back for Hinjin Ryu. Uh, there were pieces for that team. You had Jose Barrios. You gave up a lot for him. And you lose to Minnesota. You get swept by the Twins in the opening round. So to me, Toronto does want to make some moves. And it's not going to be a, well, let's wait and see on Alec Manoa. If he can't perform, he's going to be out of that rotation. 
And here's another factor for Alec Manoa and a potential trade. Like we discussed with Salvador Perez on Friday, I think it was, or maybe it was last week at some point in time, you would be trading a player at their lowest value. Okay, so you don't want to trade a young pitcher ever, ever at low value, and really just any player in general. But a young pitcher, you trade them at low value. I mean, it feels like you just need to wait for a, a strong couple weeks. Right when the Royals had Brady Singer thriving in the second half, that was, you know, ideally a perfect time to do that in the first half before the deadline. Like that's when you catch fire and you get teams to buy in on what that player is doing. Then you capitalize on a trade, right? And the Blue Jays know if you are trading for Alec Manoa, you need to give up a pretty big uh, bucket of players, I would say. Because not only are you getting a young pitcher who at one point in time had Cy Young expectation, you're getting a guy with four years of control. He's not going to cost you anything for nearly half a decade. Now, that to me is the enticing part about this. So when I was asked, do you pull the trigger? Do you do this? Absolutely, I think you do. But I don't think the Royals have the resources to pull off a deal like this. Now, that's why the Kyle Wright deal made sense and why, you know, I do see some similarities with Toronto because Atlanta, they want to open up a lot of 40-man roster spots and they want to spend to solve their problems. They don't need to keep Kyle Wright on their 40-man roster when he's not going to pitch for 2024. They wanted to get something out of him. They got Jackson Coar. You don't need to add him to the 40-man roster. No, you could finagle a, a way to keep certain guys, but really open up a lot of spots. Atlanta wanted to do that. They spent a lot of money on Reynaldo Lopez. I mean, $30 million for a bullpen guy. They're spending. Okay, but Toronto, they could take that approach. They could go and say, hey, we want to clear up a lot of spots, not only in the 40, the 26-man roster, because Alec Manoa would be a 26-man roster guy. And we want to build a elite rotation. We're not going to wait for a bounce back year. And you could pounce on that. You could capitalize. But the time to make that move, I think, was more so before that 40-man roster deadline, when all the non-tenders were happening. Because Toronto may look at this and go, no, let's give a rotation a guy or two. Let's spend a lot of money on a guy or two. Make Alec Manoa the number four, the number fifth starter, and hope he does better than he did last year. He doesn't? Okay, then you can move on from that. But I just don't know after one bad year if we're getting into the category of we got to trade. Not saying it's impossible. I just don't think the Royals have that type of resource right now. They don't have a good farm system. Uh, they wouldn't be willing to part ways with guys in the major league level that I think Toronto would want. You know, they probably want young pitching talent. I couldn't see a world in which they'd take on Brady Singer for Alec Manoa because both guys are coming off bad years and Manoa has more years of control. So that just doesn't feel like a likely option to me. I don't think they would, you know, the Royals wouldn't entertain trading Cole Reagans for that. That wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. Cole Reagans has, you know, plenty of years of control and he's also much better than Alec Manoa, at least after last year. So to me, it's more of a pipe dream than anything. Of course, I would try to act on it if you're the Royals. I mean, call in. There's no there's no harm in calling in. You can call in and see what type of return they're expecting. I just don't think they've got the resources for it. And that will change, I think, in a year or two. Once you can build up the Major League roster, scouting's a little bit better. You find more talent, easier to make trades like that. But right now, they're stretched pretty thin. As much as that may be painful to hear, they're, they're stretched thin in this scenario. 
So I just don't see a trade happening. But I do appreciate the question. You can always shoot me questions over on my Twitter handle at JohnnyJ underscore 15 or respond on YouTube. I'll try to get to those as the best I can. Before we go to break, do want to give a shout out to something we're very proud on here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that's that we've launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. When we return, we're going to dive into this pitching market and how it's settling down a little bit. Is this good for the Royals? Is it not so good for the Royals? I'll tell you next on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson, and you can follow me on Twitter at J underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. We're also live on Instagram and TikTok. Give us a follow there at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Well, at this point in the free agent tour, we are going to get a much better idea as to how the market settles. Um, we saw two guys get signed today, Reynaldo Lopez, former White Sox, and Lance Lynn, a former White Sox, signed with different teams. So with Reynaldo Lopez, we just talked about Atlanta, he signed a three-year, $30 million deal with the Atlanta Braves to join that bullpen. Then the Cardinals have their own little reunion as they got Lance Lynn on a one-year, $10 million deal. I think for both players, Pretty good value. I do think giving a reliever a three-year deal is a bit odd, but hey, Atlanta wants to be aggressive, and maybe that's what Reynaldo Lopez was looking for in that negotiation. But the interesting thing to follow here is how this market sets, and more specifically with the starting pitching market. That is going to dictate a lot as to who the Royals can go after. I remember, you know, it was idiotic to say at the time, but I remember when I said Aaron Nola might have been in the price range of the Royals, not for what the Phillies gave him. Uh, the Phillies might have set the market a little bit high for Aaron Nola. I mean, a seven-year deal north of $170 million, I believe it was. I mean, an expensive deal. The Royals would not do a deal like that for a guy that's you know, either near his 30s or early into his 30s. I just don't see it happening. The bullpen market, I'm not too alarmed by now, I think Reynaldo Lopez was one of the better arms out there because of pure stuff, was one of the hardest throwing relievers out there. You know, you have Reynaldo Lopez and I think Jordan Hicks and Josh Hader. They're going to get big time money, more so Hader and Hicks. But as for the rest of those guys, it'll be affordable one-year deals. I do think it's interesting with Lance Lynn getting a one-year $10 million deal. That's also very affordable for the Royals. I don't think they ever saw Lance Lynn as a fit. Uh, I do think Lance, Lance Lynn's numbers are a lot better than what they really showed in 2023. He's a big strikeout pitcher, but gave up a lot of home runs. Fixed himself a little bit when he was with the Dodgers, but it was a pretty bad year in Chicago. But a one-year $10 million deal for somebody like Lance Lynn, I probably would have put that around that price range. I think that's what it's going to be for, for guys like Wade Miley. Uh, Seth Lugo, if you wanted a one-year deal, probably looking 15 to $20 million. But that starting pitching market is very, is very much so going to be intriguing to me. Because if it's going to be Aaron Nola, Marcus Stroman, um, you know, you look at somebody like a, a Jordan Montgomery, another name to bring up, Luis Severino. If those guys, even bounce back candidates, are going to be making 
five, six-year deals, 130, 140 million. The Royals aren't going to be in on any of those guys. Uh, they're not going to be in on any ace of the staff. They're going to be in the the category of a of a Kyle Gibson, okay, or a Martin Perez, who we discussed last week. Or maybe you know you take a chance or take a flyer on a bounce back candidate like Luis Severino for a cheap price. But I, I was very encouraged to see a deal like Lance Lynn because I do think there's going to be a lot of guys out there that garner that type of attention. I do not think the Cardinals were the only team talking to Lance Lynn. I feel like a lot of teams out there saw what he did with the Dodgers and said, we can take that on a one-year deal. And there's going to be guys that are available that make a lot of sense to add to this rotation. I mean, the Royals haven't done anything to the rotation so far. The rotation may be in 2025, but for right now, they're still out waiting on a lot of guys. Now, here's the interesting thing is I also want to bring up what I said about being aggressive. You go to the market. You do not let the market come to you when you're a small market team. And for the Royals, you can't wait longer than expected to see how this market plays out. Like right now, you've got some early numbers, okay? You know what Aaron Nola got. So you can probably guess what Jordan Montgomery is going to get. You can probably guess what Marcus Stroman's going to get. The big name pitchers. With the bullpen, if you saw the baseline for Ronaldo Lopez, you kind of know what Jordan Hicks is going to make, what Josh Hader is going to make. Now, maybe you're waiting to see what a signing of Will Smith may do. If it's a one-year, $5 million deal, then that maybe moves the needle on a Phil Maton or a Ryan Stanek. Well, maybe that can push you over the edge. But you've already gotten some data. And in past years, I think you would see the Royals go, well, that's a really expensive contract. Let's wait and see if the next guy to sign isn't as expensive. And then you wait for the third guy to sign and the fourth and the fifth. And once you get to a certain point, then it's a lost cause because then you're you know, scraping for scraps at the bottom of the barrel. It makes no sense then to shell out money. And that's kind of what they did last year. Remember, they waited and waited and waited. And the guy they decided to go and sign, not for one year, but for two years with Jordan Lyles. Same thing kind of happened, although they were a little bit more aggressive on Mike Miner. Bounce back candidates. You know, when the bounce back candidates feel like they're always going to be there, if you really want to improve this rotation, you know how the market's looking right now. You can kind of infer the deals that are going to happen. You know who the big spenders are going to be. You know that, you know, the arms coming over from Japan that were just posted in MLB free agency, they're going to make a lot of money. Okay, so find the wheelhouse that you're in. I, I think the Royals have their expected payroll mapped out. I think they already have their eyes on probably four to five guys they can add to the rotation. That's kind of the funny thing, too, about baseball in the offseason. You know, I can sit here and infer or assume they're not doing anything. No, the Royals, by the time they hit like late September, they're starting to write up names, maybe even earlier before that, of guys they expect or they're going after. Because you hear that all the time, right? We remember with the Cole Reagans deal, J.J. McCullough saying, you know, we've really liked him for a long time. We've had our eye on him for a while. Scouting happens all season long. And you may scout somebody. The Royals may have scouted somebody back in May that they're going to try to go after in the offseason. So it's constantly working like that. But again, the market does not slow down for anybody. If you are passive 
and a pitching market, you are not going to get the player you want. You are going to get your plan B, plan C, and plan D option. You're never going to get your plan A option. If you are not aggressive and you don't go after that guy, you're not going to get it. And if they're out of your price range, they're out of your price range. I can understand that. But you can't wait for players to come to you or fall to you. You have to be the aggressor. And right now, we've already gotten some data on what the pitching market is going to be like. You should know your wheelhouse, and you should act on it. I'm excited to see who the next arm to join this Royals rotation and this bullpen is going to be hoping for a lot of new names come December time, maybe even January time. Well, that's going to do it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I have been your host, Jack Johnson. Follow me on Twitter at JohnnyJ underscore 15 and follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. And before we go, want to give one last shout out to something we're very excited about here in the Lockdown Podcast Network. And that is that we've launched our first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So very pumped about that. Go and subscribe today. But until tomorrow, where we do our free agent wish list, For every single player at a position, you take it easy, Kansas City.